Hello, my fellow divers, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive, where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host, Lexi. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new, welcome to the water. We're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water, and thank you for coming back to take another deep dive into crime with us. So today we're going to be speaking about the tragic death of Shanquella Robinson. This case was in the media a lot about four or five months ago, but since then, it has really died down and that's not a good thing because that means there have been no new updates, no new information, but I feel like the police have enough to make an arrest, in my opinion, and I feel like you will think the exact same way by the time I'm finished. There's not a whole lot of information on this case as of now. It's still pretty developing, but hopefully there will be justice served. With that, let's get right into the case. Shanquella Bernada Robinson was born on January 9th, 1997 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Her parents' names were Salamandra and Bernard. She had two siblings, Deja and Keila. Shanquella was described as being ambitious, hardworking, had a heart of gold. She was very motivated and loved life. She attended West Charlotte High School and began attending Winston-Salem University in North Carolina in 2015. And from there, she graduated in 2019. So, as I just said, Shanquella was very ambitious, she was very hardworking, and she decided to become an entrepreneur, and she started her own businesses. One of her businesses was called Exquisite Boutique, where she sold women's clothing, and another business was called Exquisite Babies, where she specialized in braiding services for children. These businesses were very successful. She was doing really well, working for herself. She was just a go-getter. When you work your own business, oftentimes there's not a lot of time for yourself and you have to carve out that time in order to have a better quality of life. And Shanquella, as well as six other people, decided to plan a trip to Mexico to celebrate two birthdays out of her group of friends. And the birthdays were for Nazir Wiggins and Dejanay Jackson. Now, I really don't even want to call them her friends, given what happened while they were in Mexico, which of course we're going to get into. Shanquella knew this group of people from college when she attended Winston-Salem, but she wasn't that close to them. She was more so the person that came in after they had all already known each other. But there was one person in the group named Khalil Cook who was especially close to Shanquella. They became really close out of everybody else in the group, but Shanquella wasn't that close to everyone else in the group. So I want you to keep that in mind. That's very important. Everybody except for Nazir Wiggins flew in on October 28th, 2022. Now, Nazir decided he was going to come a day later and he arrived the next day around 3.30 p.m. This trip was for his birthday as well as one other girl in the group. It is very important to note that Nazir came a day later than everybody else. On October 28th, Shanquella and six others arrived in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, and they stayed at the Cabo Villas Resort. And this was a really, really nice resort. It was luxury. And the going rate for the villa they stayed in was $1,495 a night. Now split between eight people may not sound like a whole lot. They weren't just staying for a couple nights. I'm pretty sure they had planned on being there for a week, but everybody going, they had the cash, they had the money. Shanquella was doing really well with their businesses. The other people in the group were doing well, clearly because they were able to afford this. Now the specific villa that their group stayed in has actually been removed from the company's website. They decided to do this after Shanquella's death out of respect. Once the group arrived in Mexico, of course, what do you do? You drink. 
which is pretty much what they did. And they spent the whole day drinking, eating, just hanging out, swimming, relaxing, just doing normal vacation things. Around 8.45 p.m., a video was posted to Shanquella's Instagram story, but Khalil Cook was taking the video on her phone. Like he was recording the video from her phone. It shows Shanquella passed out on a hammock. Khalil is recording her and he says, we got our first dead body and he laughs. People say this when somebody passes out or falls asleep from drinking, but considering what happened the following day, I personally don't find this funny. If anything, I find it really eerie. Eventually, as the night went on, Shanquella ended up waking up and she continued posting on her story herself. She also called her mother, Salamandra, that night and she told her about the group's dinner plans of having a private chef come in and make dinner for them. She said that she would call her mother tomorrow, that they were getting ready to eat. And Salamandra said that Shanquella sounded pretty happy. She sounded very excited. It was day one of the vacation and they had many more to go. The next day, October 29th, 2022, Shanquella wakes up pretty early in the morning and she's ready to go. It's vacation, she wants to have fun. She's like, let's get up, time to go on to the next day of our vacation. And she posts a video walking around the villa that she was staying in, trying to find where everybody else was. The video shows her going in and out of the rooms, trying to find out where the others are, but she couldn't find them. But as she's walking through the house, she comes across a room and when she walks in the room, Everybody else staying there is in that room, except for her. They were all huddled in there around the bed and Shanquella just walks in and she's like, let's go, time to go. What are we doing? She was like, it don't take that long to get naked. That's what she was saying when she was trying to find them. But there was just a weird vibe in that room. I'm gonna post that video to my TikTok and I really wanna know what you guys think about it. But just the vibe in that room seemed so off. A lot of people argue that everybody was in this room purposely without Shanquella because they were plotting something or just talking about something that they didn't want her to know about. This hasn't been proven, but again, given what happened later that day, it definitely makes you wonder. The girls in the video, they were just behaving kind of strangely. They almost looked at her and turned around like they had been caught or something. And then everybody got quiet and stopped talking, almost as if whatever they had been talking about before Shanquella got in the room, they didn't want her to hear. So as the day continues, the day goes on, everything seems somewhat normal. Around 2 p.m., Khalil Cook calls Shanquella's mom to let her know that she had drank way too much. And he said a doctor was on the way to help her. They would try and keep her comfortable in the meantime. They would try to make sure she was okay and do what they could to take care of her until the doctor came. As I said earlier, Khalil was the closest to Shanquella out of the group and he was close to her family as well. They had even gone on family trips together. So they were pretty tight and Salamandra trusted him and believed what he said. So he was the one that continued to update her throughout the day about everything that was going on with Shanquella. But Salamandra said that Khalil just kind of kept repeating the same thing. There was no new information that was being given. He wasn't really saying anything new. It was almost like he was calling her just to say he called her. But just a few hours after Khalil called Shanquella's mom for the first time, he called her one more time and he let her know that Shanquella had passed away. And Salamandra just couldn't believe that it went from, oh, she drank too much, we're just gonna have a doctor check her out, to now her daughter is gone. She said that when Khalil told her, he didn't seem sad or emotional at 
all. Seemed like he didn't even care. You're telling someone's mother that their child just died and you don't even bat an eye. Not just her child, this is also your friend. And you seem like you don't care. So how did we get to this point? How did we get from Shanquella being on vacation, having a good time drinking to now she is drinking too much and she's dead. Well, according to statements given to the police by the others on the trip, this is what happened. And I just want to say what I'm going to tell you has been very highly scrutinized. There really is no scientific evidence to back this up. This is simply what the people that were on the trip with Shanquella told police. Winter Donovan, one of the girls who was in Mexico with the group, said that at 2.13 p.m. she called the resort requesting a doctor to treat Shanquella for alcohol poisoning. And Dr. Carolina Gutierrez from the American Medical Center arrived around 3.15 p.m., about an hour later. Dr. Gutierrez said that Shanquella was alive, but she was so dehydrated, she couldn't even speak. She tried to give her an IV multiple times, but it just wasn't working. So Dr. Gutierrez told the group that it was best that they take Shanquella to the hospital for further treatment. She needed more help than what the doctor at the time was able to give her. But the group refused to take her to the hospital. They said it would have cost $5,000 and they couldn't afford it. We're gonna revisit that. Dr. Gutierrez decided to stay at the villa and continue trying to treat Shanquella for another hour or so. It was at this point that she started having seizures. The group was left with no choice but to call an ambulance around 4.20 p.m. And Dr. Gutierrez and Winter Donovan decided to take turns giving Shanquella CPR. The ambulance arrived at around 5.25 p.m., over an hour after they were initially called, and Shanquella was given 14 rounds of CPR, five doses of adrenaline, and six discharges from a defibrillator. But all attempts to save her were unsuccessful, and she was pronounced dead at 5.57 p.m., at only 25 years old, and her cause of death was ruled to be from cardiac arrest. Just a crazy, crazy account of events of what happened and the slow response time of those that were supposed to help her and the fact that her friends didn't want to take her to the hospital because it would cost too much. Now, let me just say this. They are literally staying at a resort that costs almost $1,500 a night, not for their whole trip, a night. And that's not including food, drinks, and the flight to get the hell over there. Not to mention they hired a private chef to cook for them. So you can afford all that, but you're putting a price on your friend's life. Now you're deciding to be cheap. Even if it was $10,000, I would have called somebody in the States to send me some money. I would ask 10 people for $1,000. I would ask five people for $1,000 if that's what it would take to save my friend. I would have done whatever it took. I wouldn't have been like, oh, it's too expensive. We're just gonna let her die. Are you serious? Going to the hospital in Mexico actually costs less than going to the hospital in the US, even without insurance. It was later found out that it would not have cost $5,000 to take Shanquala to the hospital. That's right, they lied. This was not true at all. It's been completely proven to be false. So that right there is sketchy as hell. What's even sketchier is the fact that the entire group after Shanquala died left. They decided to pack their stuff and leave Mexico. They didn't make arrangements for Shanquala's body to be brought back to the United States. They didn't stay there and try to work things out. No, they packed their shit and left. Now they had this place for a few nights. Like they were, I think they were staying for a week if I'm not mistaken. You had five extra days to figure out 
what to do with Shanquella to bring her back over to the United States, but they decided to leave. Upon going back to the US, they took Shanquella's bags with them and Khalil dropped them off at Shanquella's family house. And of course, when he came over, they asked him a bunch of questions. So they're like, what the hell happened? How did she die? And all he said was that she had drank too much and that they couldn't find a pulse. And Salamandra believed him. She was distraught that her daughter had drank so much that she had died. No one would have expected that that would have happened when she went on vacation. And the fact that she had her daughter's belongings returned to her and she wasn't with them is just heartbreaking. As the group started to go to pay their respects to Shankwala's mother, she kept asking them all what happened. Salamandra noticed that she was getting different stories from everybody. Some of the stories that she heard were that she was found unconscious in her bed. She also heard that Shanquella was found unconscious in the bathroom by a maid. And they said for sure that she had alcohol poisoning. Salamandra began to get suspicious of the group because there was just no way that everybody had a different account of what happened. Not one story matched up. The only thing that stayed consistent was the fact that Shanquella had alcohol poisoning. A few days after Shanquella passed away and the group returned from Mexico back to the US, her father Bernard had to make arrangements to have her body brought back home. But he really shouldn't have had to do this. I mean, the people that were there with her should have taken care of this before they just left the whole country. And it took Bernard days to find somebody to speak to that spoke English just so he could get his daughter home. This is very suspicious to me. I have stayed at a resort in Mexico and the first person that came up to us and spoke to us spoke English. Everybody at the resort that I spoke to spoke English that worked there. Most of the visitors of a resort are tourists. So how do you not have people that speak English working at a destination that mostly houses tourists? That doesn't make any sense. Almost everybody involved in customer service speaks English at a resort in another country because they need that in order to communicate with the guests. How can you offer service if you can't speak their language? Now, it seems more likely that people were trying to avoid Bernard because they knew more about what went down with Shanquilla than they were willing to tell. I mean, nobody wanted to speak to him because maybe they knew more of what had happened and they just didn't want to say anything. And I don't want to blame the employees because it's probably very hard to talk to somebody knowing what happened at your resort. However, it's important for him to get his daughter home. So after a few days of trying, Bernard finally did get in contact with a woman from management. She informed him that Shanquella died from a broken neck, not alcohol poisoning. Finally, for the first time, we're hearing a story that differs entirely from what everyone else said. Alcohol poisoning was nowhere in this person's story at all. And what reason would they have to lie? Soon after Bernard heard this, Salamandra received an anonymous call. And this caller said that Shanquella had gotten into a physical altercation with somebody in the group now, nobody out of the group mentioned a neck injury or a fight. So why now are they hearing about this from the resort staff and an anonymous caller? And why did nobody in the group mention this? All the suspicions and doubts that the family had about how Shanquella died and what the people that went on the trip with her were saying were somewhat confirmed. And Salamandra decided that she wanted to confront the group about what she was told because nobody mentioned a fight, nobody mentioned a neck injury, but everybody continued to deny it. Unfortunately, they wouldn't be able to deny it any longer. On November 5th, 
2022, Shanquala's death certificate was released and it conflicted the police reports so much to the point where whatever was in the police reports seemed entirely made up. Now, at this time, the police reports were not made public yet. All that people had to go off of was the death certificate, as well as what the people that were with Shanquella were telling her parents. And the death certificate stated that Shanquella's cause of death was said to be from a severe spinal cord injury known as atlas luxation. And this is a type of spinal cord injury where the first two vertebrae in the neck become dislocated or break. Alcohol poisoning wasn't mentioned in the certificate at all. And this was the only story that Salamandra, Shanquella's mother, was getting from the group. Now there's a box on the death certificate that asks whether Shanquella's death was accidental or violent. And all it says is yes, which I don't know what the hell that even means. That doesn't tell us anything. But what I get from that is that it's not saying no. It's not saying that her death wasn't violent, which means someone did this to her. Shanquella's time of death was said to be at 3 p.m., and the time between injury and death was said to be only 15 minutes. But the police report that I read earlier says that the doctor didn't arrive until 3.15 and that EMTs didn't arrive until a little before 5.30 and that Shanquella died before 6 p.m. How is it that the doctor didn't arrive until 15 minutes after Shanquella was said to have already passed away? Why is her cause of death in the police reports stated to be three hours after the death certificate says it was? makes no sense. And these times are not off by 10, 15, 20 minutes. They're off by hours, hours. The death certificate definitely makes the group seem very, very suspicious because their account isn't even close to what the death certificate says. And I just wanna say, the death certificate is based on scientific evidence and findings from the condition of Shanquella's body. And at this point, Shanquella's body is evidence. The police report is simply witness account, what people said. You know, there's no scientific factual evidence that can confirm it. And the scientific evidence that was found is completely disproving everything that was in the police report because no one mentioned that there was a fight. No one mentioned that Shanquella's neck was broken. Once the death certificate was released, everybody who was in Mexico with Shanquella stopped speaking to the family. Everyone just went completely silent. Now, if that doesn't show how suspicious they are, I don't know what does. As time went on, more evidence started to come out that made the group look very, very guilty. And on November 16th, 2022, a video was released that seemed to support the suspicions that the family had even more than the death certificate. The video shows a fight between Shanquella and Dejanate Jackson in a bedroom in the villa back in Mexico. Now, if you recall, Dejanay Jackson was one of the people whose birthdays was being celebrated in Mexico. Now, this fight is honestly really hard to watch because Shanquella wasn't even fighting back. I'm not gonna post this video on my TikTok because it is very graphic, it's brutal. And as I said, it's just hard to watch. You can find it online. I'm sure most of you have probably seen it by now. In the video, Shanquella was naked and it was clear that she didn't want to fight Dejanay. I mean, she wasn't even fighting back, like I said. She just didn't want to fight. It was very obvious, but Dejanay just continued to attack her. And Khalil Cook, Shanquella's closest friend in the group, can be heard in the background saying, Quella, can you at least fight back? And Shanquella replied, no. And her voice when she said no was just so shaky. I mean, you could tell she was upset, she was scared, she was being attacked. At the end of the video, 
Shanquella is thrown onto the ground and Dejanay continues to hit her in the head and the neck. And Dejanay screams at her to get up. And it's almost like she was mad at her for not fighting back. Like, she doesn't want to fight you. Just stop. Let it go. I don't understand. Why are you continuing to hit her? Now, the fact that the fight is being recorded just shows that it was planned. Usually, you start recording a fight from the beginning if you know it's going to happen. At the beginning of the video, they weren't fighting. It seemed like the fight started after this person began recording, which makes it seem like this was definitely planned. And it seems like everybody knew it was going to happen except for Shanquella because Shanquella looked so vulnerable in the video. She didn't look like she was ready for a fight. She was naked. Her hair was down. Definitely seems like she was ambushed. But Dejanay, she had on clothes. She had a bonnet on so her hair wouldn't get pulled. And everybody was just standing standing there watching. Khalil was recording, talking in the background, oh, fight back, fight back. Why not stop it? Your friend is being attacked. She's not fighting back. Stop the fight. In my opinion, they're all responsible for her death, even if they didn't put hands on her. Not one person stepped in. Remember earlier how I said to keep in mind that Nazir Wiggins showed up in Mexico the day after everybody? He showed up on October 29th, 2022, the same day Shanquella died. Well, he said that he arrived at the villa at 3.30 p.m., which is 30 minutes after the death certificate said she passed away. But Nazir is 100% certain that Shanquella was alive when he got there. He said it was obvious that she was drunk and he decided to move her to a quiet part of the villa and kind of just chill with her. He played music for her and rubbed her head to soothe her. But when you look at the condition of Shanquella's body, it was clear to everyone who saw her that she had been attacked. She had a busted lip, bruised eyes, and knots on her head. So if Nazir had gotten there after Shanquella had been hurt and injured, then he would have seen that she had been brutally attacked. He wouldn't have just been like, oh yeah, she was really drunk, she had alcohol poisoning. But you never mentioned that she had all of these injuries. You never mentioned that she had been beaten. You know, let's say that their account and their timeline was accurate, she still was beaten. The condition of her body cannot be disproven. She had those injuries. So why didn't you report that this is what you saw? So people think that he was lying about what time he actually showed up to the villa because he tried to make it seem like, oh, I wasn't there when any of that happened. But her time of death was said to have been 30 minutes before you arrived. So it seems like everybody lied and then once the death certificate came out, they went quiet because up to that point, there was no proof denying what they were saying. But now that there is, they don't have anything to say. Nazir has a Facebook Live posted somewhere online telling his side of the story if you want to check it out. So once the video of Dejanay attacking Shanquella was released, law enforcement decided to take her case more seriously, which they really should have been doing in the first place. It was obvious something wasn't right. Shanquella's parents had been in the media saying this for weeks, that something was off, that they had been getting different stories from everybody there, but no one listened until there was proof. Law enforcement in Mexico began investigating Shanquella's death as a femicide. Femicide is the intentional killing of a woman or girls because of their gender. The FBI in Charlotte, North Carolina, also decided to open an investigation into Shanquella's death. The U.S. and Mexico were running separate investigations, but they were also working together simultaneously. The Mexican authorities were required to turn over information that they had to U.S. authorities so they could also investigate further. And Mexican authorities found that they had enough evidence to issue an arrest warrant for Dejanay Jackson. And the U.S. Department of State has to approve the warrant for there to be a trial, has to approve the warrant, so that way there can be a trial to present evidence 
that can support Dejeuner being arrested. And if a judge rules that there's enough evidence to do so, then Dejeuner would have to be extradited back to Mexico where she'll have to face charges. And the arrest warrant was in fact granted for Dejeuner and she has been charged with femicide back in Mexico. After an investigation was opened into Shanquella's death, her funeral was held on November 19th, 2022 at the Macedonia Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Her casket was a yellow and pink ombre design. It was so pretty. Yellow and pink were Shanquella's favorite colors. Her casket was drawn by a horse and carriage. Honestly, it's sad that they even had to have a funeral for somebody so young, so bright, had so much ahead of her, and yet she was killed in such a violent way. It hasn't been confirmed, but at this point, we know what happened to Shanquella. We're just waiting for justice to be served. On November 21st, 2022, the police reports given by the people that were in Mexico with Shanquella, I've been calling them that because I refuse to call them her friends, but the police reports that they gave back in Mexico were finally released. And the public got to see for the first time just how much the police reports conflicted with the death certificate. As I said, the death certificate is based on factual scientific evidence found after examining Shanquella's body. And the police reports are simply based on witness accounts. So it was found that they were lying about the fact that Shanquella had alcohol poisoning. So stands to reason, they're probably lying about everything else in the police report. Now, as of today, there really haven't been many updates in Shanquella's case, which is sad because I feel like they have enough evidence to get the ball rolling, but nothing's been done. In March of 2023, actually in the last few weeks, Shanquella's family's legal team sent a letter to the Biden administration requesting help in the investigation. And they included Shanquella's autopsy in the letter, which revealed never before heard details that I'm going to explain to you. In addition to her severe spinal cord injury, Shanquella also suffered blunt force trauma to her head and pelvis, which was indicated by bruising, as well as friction burns on her body, which indicates that her skin was rubbed against a hard surface, such as the floor. The police reports given by the group were also included, and a report was given by an unidentified male employee of the villa. And this was also included in the letter that they sent to the Biden administration. And I'm going to detail his account for you. It's very, very interesting. So he claimed that the group arrived to the villa the night of October 28th, 2022. And he met Shanquella as the group was arriving for dinner. But he said that she was the last to sit down at the table and she seemed to have a very strange attitude. She didn't really seem to fit in with everyone else and just looked to be out of place. She didn't greet him or even smile when he introduced himself. And she just didn't seem like she was enjoying herself at all. And he made it clear it was a celebratory occasion. The next day, the employee received a text from the main guest, who I'm assuming was Dejanae Jackson. And he said that she texted him saying she needed emergency services to their villa because her friend may have alcohol poisoning. So he offered to send a doctor up to their villa to help treat Shanquella. But a few hours after Shanquella had already passed away, the group requested a driver to take them to dinner, but they never came back to the villa. They fled the country. They pretty much asked for a driver to go to dinner, but in reality, they were leaving. 
A month or so later, when the video of Dejanay attacking Shanquella was released, the male employee realized that he had been manipulated by this main guest. He believed that the main guest told him that Shanquella had alcohol poisoning so they could leave the country without question. Because if her cause of death indicated in any kind of way that one of them could have been responsible for it, then they might not have been able to leave the country as soon as they wanted to. But if you weren't guilty, why do you want to leave? That makes no sense. So that was a very interesting account that had not been heard before. Now, he wasn't in the room when things happened with Shanquella, but he notes the odd behavior that he saw from her the night before she died and the group the day she died, which is really, really important. It's so frustrating that there really isn't more. I honestly hate to end the episode here, but that is really all we know. There has been an arrest warrant issued for Dejanay Jackson, but no arrest has been made. If it's been proven that there's enough evidence to arrest her, why hasn't it happened? It's been five months. I don't know what the hell they're waiting on. Hopefully the FBI is just investigating behind the scenes and building a strong case and just hiding the details from us because they don't want to compromise the investigation and they're not just neglecting and not looking into anything at all. Now, I can't confirm if this is true, but it's been reported that Shanquella's family's legal team is going to the White House soon, possibly this week that I'm recording this. I'm recording this on April 5th. Hopefully that is true. If it is, this could create huge movement for the case, getting the Biden administration involved. The only reason this case had been investigated in the first place was because of public pressure. At first, it was largely ignored. And that's usually what happens with cases regarding black women and women of color. They're not given the same attention as other cases. Their families have to work twice as hard to get half of the attention. Somebody's life has been taken. Why do you have to fight so hard for justice? They are the victims. They're the victims. Shanquala's family has done an amazing job of keeping her name alive and not giving up to hold those individuals accountable for her death. It's so heartbreaking that Shanquella's life was cut short over something that was probably very petty. And the fact that none of them care enough to come forward and tell the truth is sickening. They all know what happened and yet nobody feels the need to come forward for the sake of Shanquella or her family. I mean, they lied right to her mother's face and they just didn't even care, especially Khalil. I mean, he was the closest to Shanquella and he lied right to her mother's face and she trusted him. Now there is still that anonymous call that Salamandra received saying what happened to Shanquella, but as of now, we don't know who that was. We don't know if that was somebody in the group, somebody who knew the group, we don't know. Although we don't know exactly what happened to Shanquella, we all have a pretty good idea of how she could have sustained those injuries. There really aren't many other possibilities, especially given the fight video. I mean, I feel like it's pretty clear what happened to her. With that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode. I really, really wish I had more information to give you all. I will definitely be doing an update on this case as more movement comes about. I'm just hoping that that will come soon and that Shanquella and her family will get the justice they deserve. But thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode and I hope to see you in the water soon.